Greetings, Team Ajulam. I hope Mkosawa Karibuni Sana Tena. Hapakua Ajulam Streets. We are doing a series on the kingdom. I hope this thing has been a blessing to you guys as much as it has been to me. Me na grow. I hope una grow. Na uta grow. So, we're back at Matthew 13. We're going to be here for quite some time, to be honest. But, we are back looking at the parable of the sower. And if you remember, the parable of the sower, there were three things that I mentioned to you guys. There was the soil. No, there was the seed, the soil, and the sower. Right? Seed, soil, sower. Today, we're going to look at the soil. Tukapamoja. Fantastic. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go and uh, read from Matthew 13. Okay? And we're going to start again from the very top. Let me read. On that day, Jesus had gone out of the house and was sitting by the sea. And large crowds gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil and they sprang up immediately because they had no depth of soil. But after the sun rose, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out. But others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty and some thirty times as much. The one who has ears, let him hear. Then let's skip to... Uh, Verse 19, where he explains this parable to his disciples. It says, Listen then to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one sown with seeds beside the road. The one sown with seed on the rocky places. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution occurs because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one sown with seed among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word and the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown with seed on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times as much. Amen. So today again, like I told you, we're looking at the soil. If you remember the seed, the seed sermon, if you haven't watched that, you probably want to watch that before you watch this. But this is now, we taught the seed, now we're at the soil. Sour? Tuihamwe, yes. Now, one of the things that we recognize very early on, uh, or rather in the description of this um, uh, parable from Jesus' own uh, words, is that the soil in this parable, when defined, represents our hearts, right? And so there's four different types of hearts, <laughs> heart attitudes, yeah? The, the, the attitudes. <laughs> oh man, maybe that's what you should call this, the attitudes. Yes. So there are four types of hearts of people that are defined in this parable, okay? The first one is the hard heart. Then there's the shallow heart. 
then there's the crowded heart, and then there's the fruitful heart, right? And so the real question here today is for us to evaluate where it is that we, where do we lie? Yeah, where is it? What is our, where, where, where is our, where, where, where is our was up? Okay, right? Where is this place that we are in terms of where our heart is, right? In regards to the manifestation of God's will and presence in our lives, you know? What is the effectiveness of God's kingdom in our lives, in our hearts? What is the effectiveness of it? Because we are either in one of these four categories, okay? Now, one of the things that we need to recognize before we get into each and every single one of these is to realize that don't think of the way that Jesus taught this parable like it's like this is the worst to the best. No. There are three heart conditions that are bad <laughs> and there's one that's good. Okay? It's not that there's three that are, there's, there's one that's most bad and one that's less bad. You, you get what I'm saying? And, and it's, I'm only saying this because that's how I've, I kind of, I, I recall that for myself, I kind of read it that way. It's like Jesus is giving us, you know, the worst heart, the second, 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 uh, the, the, then the one that's now less, less worse, and then the one that's, you know, least worst. No, there's three bad heart conditions and one that's good. Sour. So let's keep that in mind, that the, the one heart condition, the fruitful heart is the one that he's calling us to be. All these others is for us to discard. It's not for us to feel comfortable about them. Sour. Now, the goal, always and through and through, of what the kingdom purpose is, is to cause us to be fruitful. This is the purpose of eternal life, eternal zoa, eternal vitality, eternal purpose, is to cause us to live an exceedingly fruitful life, an abundant life. And so fruitfulness is the goal. Fruitfulness is the thing that Jesus is trying to achieve for his disciples. He's trying to teach us the means to fruitfulness. And he shows us that there's three heart conditions that are the heart conditions that we should reject. And there's one heart condition that we should embrace in order to be able to achieve fruitfulness. And the first condition that he talks about is the hard heart. The qualities of the hard heart according to scripture, right? There's three very specific qualities around a hard heart and what it looks like according to scripture, right? And number one is that a hard heart is unrepentant. Okay, it says in Romans 2 and verse 5, but according to your hardness and unrepentant heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of revelation and of the righteous judgment of God, right? Now, here's the thing, right? An unrepentant heart is a hard heart, okay? Here's the thing about what it means to repent. Repent means to change direction. It means that if you're headed in this direction, to repent is to change direction. Sour, sour. It means that you're headed in the wrong direction, right? Turn around, you're headed in the wrong direction. It's about turning our hearts to God. So meaning, whatever weaknesses we have, whatever struggles that we have, it's not, this is what happens a lot of the times, right? A lot of times, whenever we go through different things, what we do oftentimes is that how an unrepentant heart is, is, is manifested is that we're always in that space for like, I got this. Meaning, if I'm struggling with something, or if I have a certain weakness, that it is what we think is, is that let me go deal with that thing, then come back to God. That there is an unrepentant heart. Hey! <laughs> because an unrepentant heart is a self-sufficient self heart that thinks, right, that its weaknesses, its struggles, I got this, I got this, Lord. I'm going to come back to you right quick, but I got this. 
But a repentant heart recognizes that the only way in which we are able to overcome is by turning ourselves to God. And so we turn to him. We turn to him with our weaknesses. We turn to him with our struggles. We turn to him with every single aspect of our lives. And so that is the state of being repentant. Right? That we are called to live repentant lives. Meaning that we constantly face God. Even in our struggles, we face him. Even in our tribulations, we face him. Even in our obstacles, we face him. That we are always facing, that we never turn our backs on God. And therefore, an unrepentant heart is a self-sufficient heart. A person that thinks that they got this. You don't got this, bro. You don't got this, sis. You don't got this. The only way that you're able to overcome, the only way that you're able to experience victory over your weaknesses, over your idols, over your struggles, is by turning your heart to God, by turning to Him. With you, everything that you have in your manenos, you turn to Him. Alright? Therefore, a hard heart is one, an unrepentant heart. Remember, that's the first heart that Jesus talks about. Right? A heart that believes, I got this. That's an unrepentant heart. Okay? That's number one. Number two, quality of a hard heart is a heart that follows its own plans. Woo! <laughs> Jeremiah 18, verse 11 to 12. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Let me tell you something. The hard heart is one that is so is so deep in its own plans, right? It does not seek God's counsel. That we do not seek God's counsel. It does not seek direction. It does not seek wisdom. Because its own plans are the best plans, right? So the thing is, is that one way to be able to identify this <laughs> is if you're the type of person, right, who gets so heartbroken, so heartbroken when your own plans don't succeed. You're probably suffering from a heart that follows its own plans. Because the thing to realize is this, is that what that reveals is that there's within you the ability that you believe that, that you believe so much in your own plans that you have no faith in God in the sense that you don't recognize that sometimes that God will close a certain door for your own good. But you think that because you desired this thing so much, you're like, man, I really, I just, at this job, like this job, I really, this is, this is the thing. And yet you don't recognize that literally because God has closed that door is really because the reason why he's closed that door is for your own good. It's for your own good. But you don't realize this because you're so hell-bent on your own plans. Haha, <laughs> hell-bent. See what I did there? Anyway. So, <laughs> sometimes a closed door is a gift from God. But uh, if you have a hard heart, you can hardly recognize it. Where you get into this place of coming to God and being like, why did you not follow my plans? Right? Why did you then not give me this thing that I wanted so badly? This is a representation of a hard heart. A hard heart follows its own plans. Right? And is connected and deeply connected to its own plans. Alright? That's number two. So number one, remember, a hard heart is unrepentant. Number two, it follows its own plans. Number three, right? Remember the first one? 
It's unrepentant. Number two, follows its own plans. Number three, we're talking about the hard heart. Number three, does not listen to God. A hard heart does not listen to God. In Jeremiah 16 and verse 12, it says, You two have done evil even more than your forefathers. For behold, each one of you is following the stubbornness of his own evil heart without listening to me. My friends, let me tell you something. There's no one who's immune from this. Let me, I, I, like I told you, there's different, this, this different hearts that exist. It's not like one is, you can find that you're, you have a hard heart and you have, uh, a stub, uh, you have something that falls in between any one of these things, right? So me, this one really, really touched me because I'm pretty sure that there's very many times where I have completely ignored an instruction from God. I was just sharing this with some of my, my homies, just talking about how there's instructions that God gave me many, many years ago. And the thing, that, the thing that's so interesting about our God is that when he gives you an instruction, he's, he doesn't forget. <laughs> you, you can forget. But he will just keep coming and just being like, oh, by the way, do you remember that thing I told you like three years ago? Yeah, I must still, I, I must still need you to do that, you know? And I'm so guilty of this so many times. And so the thing is, is that so unfortunate is that I'm not able to benefit from the result of that instruction because of the stubbornness of my hard heart, where a hard heart does not listen to God. It takes instructions almost as though they are options. It just kind of like, yeah, I know God told me that, but I'll just ignore that. This is the qualities of a hard heart. And here's what Jesus is saying, is that in this parable of the sower, he's saying that the hard-hearted person, the one is this seed, when it falls, the seed, which is the kingdom, cannot bear fruit where there is hard-heartedness. It will not bear fruit where someone is unrepentant, right? It will not bear fruit in a space where you are following your own plans and are committed and fully committed to your own plans and are not in any way able to be able to be shifted away from the plans that you have and also does not listen to God, right? These are the qualities of a hard heart and the kingdom cannot be effective where these things are present, okay? So that's the hard heart, right? But remember there was four there's four different types. So the first one is the hard heart, and I showed you the three qualities of that, of, of a hard heart. The second one is the shallow heart. Okay? The shallow heart. Now, Jesus defines this person as the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution occurs because of the word, immediately he falls away. Whoo! Let me tell you something, guys. Listen what he says. When affliction or persecution occurs, why? Because of the word. Immediately they fall away. So here's the thing. The reality is this. When we make a commitment and submit our lives to God, we will face opposition. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> when we make a commitment to submit our lives to God, we will face opposition. That commitment will be challenged because we have an enemy that is literally, again, hell-bent on ensuring that we do not live fruitful lives. Okay? That's the reality. 
That is the truth. And that is the, literally, when you begin to face opposition, and if you begin to face opposition, this here is literally like, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you go through various trials. Because the testing of your faith is good. Because the enemy has come, and he's being able to bring opposition to your life is a good thing. It means that you're, you're headed in the right direction. Fruitfulness is your portion, right? And therefore, anyone who looks to Christ as an escape route to afflictions and persecution is in for a very rude shock. Because the thing and the reality is this, is that when we commit and submit our lives to God, we will face opposition. Guaranteed. Take it to the bank. <laughs> Take it to the bank. <laughs> now, but here's the other thing, right? Here's the other thing that's so interesting about this, okay? There are a lot of times, sometimes we like to blame all opposition and affliction and persecution. Yeah? Uh, the affliction and persecutions to the enemy. However, I want to put it to you as well. Something else that many times we don't consider when affliction comes, right? That many times we think it comes from the devil. But the thing to realize is that when we submit ourselves to God, there are times when he will discipline us to refine us. We're literally, because of the word, because we have believed in the message of his kingdom and have accepted the, the lordship of Jesus Christ into our lives, that he begins to refine us. That the discipline of God, which comes to bring affliction to refine us, is also a thing that happens. Okay? In Hebrews 12, from verse 4 to 11, it says, You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are punished by him. Hey! For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And he punishes every son whom he accepts. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and are not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our own good, so that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems not to be pleasant, but painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. My friends, let me tell you something. There are times where your father will take you through affliction so as to discipline you and refine you. And he does this out of his love for you, out of his desire to cause you to be exceedingly fruitful. If you remember, there was that uh, parable that Jesus teaches um, where he talks about this tree that is not bearing fruit. So the master comes and he says, cut this tree off. Cut this tree off. Cut it off, man. This thing is not bearing fruit. And what the caretaker says is that he says, don't cut it just yet. Let us put some manure around it, right? Then let's give it a year and see if it grows. My friends, I don't know if you know what manure is. I don't know if you know that phrase of what, Nini, what hits the fan. <laughs> and there are times 
for there to be fruitfulness in your life, that God will take you through some manure situations. <laughs> for fruitfulness to be achieved in your life, that there are times where he literally brings affliction to get your attention, to discipline you and to position you so that you then would, that would cause you to be fruitful. But the problem with the shallow heart is this, that when it goes through affliction, it falls away. But not recognizing that affliction comes on account of the word. That in many cases, that it's either opposition from the enemy, but in other cases, it's discipline from your father. But regardless, the shallow heart falls away because it thinks, right, that, hey, you know, once you believe in Jesus, everything is yeah, all good, yeah, smooth all the way. That's not the truth. That's not the reality. And so Jesus is here talking about this shallow heart and saying that on account of the word, affliction will come, persecution will come. But what we are supposed to do is endure through it. Because on account of that word, this will happen. God will discipline you. God will shape you and refine you for your own good. And in his love, he does this. Amen? He's interested in causing you to be fruitful. So remember, there's the hard heart, right? Now there's the shallow heart. Then there's the third one, the crowded heart. Jesus defines this person as, and the one sown with seed among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word and the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. You know, this, this heart reminds me of the church of Laodicea in, in, in Revelations, where it says in Revelations 3 and verse 15, this is now Jesus speaking to this church. And he says to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you are cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments that you may clothe yourselves and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to apply to your eyes that you may see those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. This here is a heart that is consumed with this world. Consumed with the opinions of this world. This is the heart that is spoken of in John 12, 42, where it says, Nevertheless, many, even of the rulers, believed in him, believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him. Hey. They believed, but they were not confessing him. So that they would not be excommunicated from the synagogue. For they loved their approval of people rather than the approval of God. They loved the approval of people rather than the approval of God. So they believed in him. But the thorns, they were not confessing him. 
So they've accepted the message, but they will not confess it because they were looking for the approval of men more than the approval of God. Whose approval are you seeking? What do you value? What rules your decision making? If you fall in this category, you're probably consumed with people's opinion more than you are of God's opinion. If you fall in this category, you're probably bickering with someone over money. The deceitfulness of wealth. You know, one of the things that I, I determined uh, a long time ago, I think when, when I began to, you know, kusema na kutenda, when I began to read and recognize this, this that, 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 that there's no even comparison at, at God and, the, and the, the devil, literally it says that you cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. You have to choose between the two. And I remember a very long time ago making this decision that I made a decision in my life that I will never allow money to be the thing that will cause a schism between me and someone else. This was something I made a decision to do and committed to do before I had any, before there was any beef or any person that I was disagreeing with in regards to money. And I've kept this true throughout my life. Because this is not the thing that rules my heart. This is not the thing that I will allow to rule my heart. The deceitfulness of wealth and all these things that we do. But when you look at the world around us, people form resentment with other people on account of money. And this is the heart that Jesus is talking about. The deceitfulness of wealth and the cares of this world. The approvals of people, the approval of the people around us that we then are there and able to say that I believe in Jesus, but you are not able to confess him even in front of your friends. That your friends, that you are someone who believes in Jesus, but your friends don't even know it. The people around you don't even know you're living a secret faith. <laughs> it's like you're in a cult. <laughs> you're just, it's a secret. <laughs> My friends, these are the different hearts that Jesus is here teaching us and talking to us about. He's saying to us, the hard heart is an unrepentant heart. It's a heart that follows its own plans. A heart that does not listen to God. I find myself in that category a lot of times. Where I harden my heart towards the Lord. Then, after that, there is the shallow heart. Right? And what we see in regards to this, to, this, uh, to this shallow heart is that it thinks so highly of its own, its, own, its own things. Right? The shallow heart. That when affliction comes, sorry, it's not the things highly. It's when affliction comes or persecution comes on account of the word, it falls away. And, I t and I'm here sharing with you that the shallow heart to recognize that persecution and affliction comes on account of two things, right? It's either the enemy or it's God who is disciplining you. And this is guaranteed and it's going to happen that when you submit yourself to God, you will be disciplined or you'll face opposition and persecution. It's an assurity and you're called to endure and you're called to endure. Then there is the crowded heart, right? This is the crowded heart. And this is the heart which is literally filled with this idea of wanting the approval of men, the approval of this world, the approval of others more than the approval of God. And on top of that, is deceived by wealth. 
Like I told you, that determination to be able to say that money will never be the thing that will cause me to have beef with people, that will cause me to, be, to have an unforgiving heart. And this is the thing that Jesus is talking about. But then he comes and he says that this is now part, this is now part four, right? That he says that with these three different types of hearts that exist, then he comes and he says part four, that this is this other heart. Finally, we have the fruitful heart. This heart, Jesus says, hears the word, understands it, and acts on it, period. That's it. This is the definition of a fruitful heart. It hears the word, it understands it, and acts on it, period. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 12. You know, we read this last week when Jesus was explaining to the disciples why he speaks to other people in parables, right? Remember that from last week, right? He says, for whoever has, to him more shall be given. And he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Here is the thing that is very simple around this fruitful heart. Right? Right now, if you have gotten to this point in this sermon, okay, there is something that God is saying to you. There is probably an instruction that has been planted in your heart that when you hear me talking about the hard heart, the shallow heart, the crowded heart, that there's something that God has said to you and is saying to you. If you remember in the beginning of this series, I said and I prayed that God would literally reveal his kingdom to us, that he'd reveal his will to us because the kingdom is revealed. And I know at this point in time where you've reached, I'm confident of this, that God is saying something to you, that God has implanted an instruction into your heart right now. Right? And here is what the fruitful heart does. This is what the fruitful heart does that Jesus says. That it hears the word. It understands it and acts on it. That's it. So meaning that the way that we are able to be fruitful and to be the person who has a fruitful heart is not something anti-far off. It literally begins with you following and obeying the instruction that God is giving to you right now. The instruction that he's giving to you right now. Remember what he says here, that for whoever has, the one, for the one who does, more shall be given. And the place to start is not in some place over there, it's to start here now, today. That whatever it is that God is saying to you right now, act on it. Don't spend a lot of time thinking, rationalizing, do not spend time hardening your heart or being shallow, or, being, or allowing things to crowd your judgment. The fruitful heart hears the word, understands it, and acts on it. And so today I know that God is speaking to you. There is something that God is saying to you right now. The fruitful heart is the one that acts on God's word. Mm. Hallelujah. Remember we talked about that the kingdom of God is like a seed. Obeying that instruction is the beginning of a journey towards fruitfulness. This is the thing that God is saying to us today. The one who is fruitful hears the word, understands it, and acts on it. For the one who does, more will be given. Today, I want to encourage you to start with obeying the instruction that God is giving to you right now. 
that you purpose within yourself that you will be today the fruitful one. That today you will start by following the instruction that God is giving to you right now. Don't rationalize it. Don't harden your heart towards it. Just obey. Submit your will, your reasoning, and obey the thing that God is saying to you right now. Having said that, I want you to know something. That God is in the business of changing hearts. This is the thing that he has done and continues to do time and time again. Remember, even till the time when David comes and says, Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Who understands the heart when he talks about in Jeremiah 17, where he talks about the heart is deceitful above all else, but who can understand it other than the Lord? The Lord understands our hearts. That even in us today, that he is the one who gives the ability. He is the one who is in the business of changing hearts of transforming hearts and so the thing that i want you to know is that even as you are being given this instruction that god is going to give you all the strength and ability that you need to overcome the bitterness that is in your heart the hardness that is in your heart the unforgiveness that is in your heart that the god whom we serve is able that he has come to us with a message of grace and mercy in Christ Jesus where Jesus comes and he says that I have triumphed that then through that triumph that he gives us his Holy Spirit who gives us the strength and the ability and the power to be more than conquerors, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. God is able to transform your heart. He's able to transform the hearts of any person. He is able to do this. And that's the message that I come to you with today. The message of the gospel of a God who is able to come and infiltrate the heart of a man and change that heart. He's able to do it. So do not give up seeking your healing. If there is any harbored unforgiveness, bitterness in your heart or anything in your heart, as you recognize the hardness of your heart, the shallowness or the crowdedness of your heart, that take these things to the Lord and he will help you overcome. But today, I am imploring you in Jesus' holy name that you would purpose today to be the one who is the one with a fruitful heart, that the instruction that the Lord Jesus Christ is giving you today, obey it. Obey it. Remember, the fruitful heart is the one who hears the word, who understands it, and who does it. And I pray that today, that today you will be the fruitful servant and bear much fruit in Jesus' holy name. My friends, I am a living testimony of this. God is able to help us by his grace, love, and mercy with all our weaknesses to overcome. But today I pray that you will choose to be fruitful in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Choose the fruitful heart today in Jesus' holy name. Thank you so much for listening. Bless you guys. And I pray that today you will be the fruitful servant today in Jesus' holy name. Submit yourself to God. Amen. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share with someone whom you love. Share with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.